Hello and welcome to Bad Apple Good Egg. I'm here today with a special guest. Hello. We're gonna everybody. we're gonna refer to her as L because we're trying to be anonymous so we can talk more shit, be more real, you know. Absolutely. So if you think that you recognize yourself on here tonight, um, it's probably you. I'm not gonna lie, but just know that, you know, it's anonymous, so you have no proof. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we are here in Madrid. We are. And we're having so much fun. We We have had so much fun. We partied a little too hard the first night. So we have been battling illness. We have, yeah. No, we got deathly ill. I think that I had absolute... I know for sure, actually, that I had the worst hangover of my entire life. Yeah. um, The night after. But I think actually now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's because we were just sick. And we just didn't realize it at the time. Maybe. But I realize now that actually that's probably why it was the worst hangover ever, because I was also just sick and just d- didn't really know how to handle it. But, um, yeah, it was horrible. We had some – We I had a rough bout with anxiety, which is a real thing for any listeners who think it's not a real thing. It is. <laughs> it's the worst anxiety of your life. Mm-hmm. We also listened to the Tanks Hangxiety podcast. Yes, which... thank God. Helped us. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Shout out, Tanks. Shout, shout out, out to Tanks, Tanks. <laughs> my <you>. guardian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything I learned is from her. Yes. And we were talking about how sad we are to go back to real life. Yes, because turns out I kind of hate my real life a little bit. No, no, I don't. I don't. I, I like it, but um, but being here is so much better. I'm not gonna lie. Elle just works really hard. She goes to an Ivy League school, getting her PhD, queen energy. Oh my god, wow. Amazing. So impressed always. Always so impressed with you, like everything you do, really. Honestly. I have to hype you up because you deserve the hype. Oh my gosh, wow, I really, I really appreciate that. Yes. Thank you. And you work really hard. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. Yes, yesterday we were having a conversation about, with our other friend, about Mm -hmm. hard work, and I was like, you know... I'm not the hardest worker. (laughs) You know, I I would love to not have to work very hard, so. Yeah, she straight up was just like, I'm weak. Like, I'm not built for that five-day nine-to-five life, you know? I mean, if I don't have, I would rather not work Mm nine-to-five. Sorry, call me lazy. I'd rather not do it. Call me lazy, but I'm not a liar. But anyways, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You call me anything you want, but But I'm not a liar. liar. Yeah, That's the truth. Literally. Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, can you tell us a little about your work? Absolutely. So so basically what I do is I'm, right now I'm working on making these copper selective membranes, um, which basically are used for removing, co- well, I guess recovering, I should say, copper from wastewater. So, um, And the reason that this is exciting is because copper is the most used component in all renewable energy. So things like car batteries, um, like renewable car batteries, solar panels, wind power, anything like that, you're going to need a ton of copper, which, um, you know, as many people know, is a non-renewable resource and it has to be mined from the earth. So, but when you're mining copper, um, so 97% of all copper that is mined actually just goes to waste. It goes to these big waste ponds and it's just sitting there in these big, toxic, blue waste ponds. Like Why in these it arid, go to the waste ponds? Because the whole process of refining is just really, really inefficient. So they mine these like huge, huge chunks, but they only actually get a small amount of ore that is that they then melt down and it's like easy for them to use. But then so they there's all these other like little copper particles still just going to these waste ponds. And so um, and so they're all sitting there and it's estimated that there's like trillions of dollars worth of copper just sitting in these waste ponds, but there's not really a good way to extract the copper out. 
because you have other metals also in there, like, you know, things like lithium, magnesium, uh, things that are really similarly sized. So it's like, okay, how do we do that? How do we get it out? So that's why we make these membranes. And the cool part about these membranes is that they're, they're kind of like filters. So you could like pass the wastewater through the membranes and then um, it would they would just hold copper ions. Um, and so the cool part about these is that they don't need any chemical addition. So you don't have to add any chemicals to it. It's all you need is the membrane. And theoretically, you could keep using the same membrane over and over again. So it's very promising technology. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Do you mind explaining how the membrane works? Like how yes, it definitely. how the copper ions attach to it? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, so basically, the membranes work by using binding energy, which is different from um, other, you know, other mechanisms that you would normally use to separate stuff out. Because like, for example, copper and magnesium are almost the exact same sized atom. Mm-hmm. They're super similarly sized. And all their other properties, like if you look on the periodic table, are also really, really yeah. similar. So but they have different binding energies to certain functional groups. And so the membranes are treated with polymers that we synthesize in-house. And so the polymers, the ones that we're using right now, have amino diacetic acid, um, which is the like functional groups. And so we know that those have a really strong binding energy to copper. So as copper is passing through, copper will selectively just bind to those groups and be retained. And then um, things like magnesium will pass through, even though they're similarly sized. What is it called that the copper binds to again? The amino diacetic functional wow. groups. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so basically it's just selective chemistry. Yeah. Um, and and it's that's yeah and that's the cool part. That's why it's like regenerative and why you don't need any chemical addition. It's just like a layer of treatment. Um, like we just modify the membranes. So it's pretty cool stuff. That is really cool. Yeah. It's, it's way more like chemistry based yes. than I expected you or your yes. work to be. Yeah. People like, don't expect that like water treatment, wastewater treatment, chemical engineering, or, that's all just like, actually there's a lot of chemistry involved. Yeah. It's pretty, which I am not great at. So, mm-hmm. but it's cool work. No, I do think it's actually very valuable. Yeah. I'm excited about so, it. So like basically you'll hopefully be able to use these membranes like on a massive scale to yeah, so collect copper like, from water. Exactly. All, is it like, is it, does this, do the pools of copper get connect? Like, are they in any specific place in the world or is it Yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. So they're over? all at, um, they're, I think Escondido is like one of the huge copper mines. Um, I want to say in South America where, um, it's basically just like at all the mines where they have the mining waste ponds. That's where these big, um, these big waste areas are. And so the other added benefit is that if we're able to get them, like these heavy metals are also really toxic to the environment. Mm-hmm. It's like birds and animals and um, fish, anything in the surrounding area, like these heavy metals can leach into the ground and then make it really difficult for wildlife to exist. And so kind of the, so it's like, yes, we're making the environment cleaner. We're recovering these metals for a second use we're lessening the need to mine in the future and we're pretty projected for a copper deficit by 2030 which is in only eight years so by in eight years we're going to have um more demand of copper than we will have supply so we're going to need a different way to get it so there's there's lots of good reasons why we should do this wow Mm -hmm. yeah so that's so that's what i work on in my daily life and i enjoy it a lot i actually i think that stuff is really valuable and that's and it's really worth my time but as you can imagine, it doesn't attract the most, um, how do I say this, fun people or <laughs> people who, um, I don't it's a toxic environment for oh, sure. Oh, a toxic environment. It's very toxic. It's very like, 
Yeah, the whole Ivy League thing is yes. I was small gonna, department. I was gonna ask more about that. Um, yeah. I guess my last question about like your work specifically is: I'm curious, are these um, membranes very expensive to produce, or are the like materials mm-hmm. used to yeah. produce them That's very like question. hard to access? Or they're pretty affordable, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's um, they're not very expensive in terms of yeah. I mean, in relative terms of water treatment technology. Uh, definitely more expensive than something like like there's other methods that you can recover heavy metals with um like there's uh like one method's like precipitation where basically you can Mm. add in a ton of um a ton of one chemical and it'll precipitate out the metals but the cost of the chemicals like if you were to scale it up is insane um makes sense also it's not as specific it's not as specific exactly like the specific yeah and it's not as good environmentally um, so, so when you factor in all of the costs, like the environmental cost, the manufacturing cost of materials, like the things to scale it up, then it's, it's a pretty affordable alternative, Wow, which is nice, cool. but, but it's at the bench scale right now. So we're hoping to move it to, um, next step would be pilot scale and then something industrial after that. Okay. So, so bench scale means it's like pretty early on. Yeah. Bench the... scale is pretty early. That means I'm like literally at the bench in yeah. the lab, like running experiments, but the next step would be to partner with. Um, some company in industry and then you would get what's called like a pilot trailer or um, pilot testing where so you would try you kind of gear it up to the next um, yeah the next scale to see like okay can we actually do this like on a flow through process for like 24 hours or something wow. um, at like an actual location but you would just bring like the yeah, other called pilot trailers and they have it's just like a mini version of what you would use and then if that goes well then you can um, produce industrial stacks and bring them to so Industrial stacks of mm-hmm. membrane. Yeah, of these membranes. Okay. So, yep. yeah, like mass produce them yep. kind of. Yeah. Exactly. So Very cool. And that's how you would recover a lot of copper, but it's, yeah, it's it's early. It's early stage stuff. Don't exactly know what we're doing, but it's exciting. That's mm-hmm. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Honestly, your mind. I'm like very it's exciting. smart. I'm very proud of you for all of that. Thank you. Is there, I, I wonder if there's like anything specific that you know, like based on your research that would be that particularly would be good for people to know to avoid with like copper production or is there any like specific environmental damage that you've learned about that uh, every every people any like everyday people could I mean I think the thing that I want people to know is that um I think people don't realize how much they use these like valuable metals in their daily life i think actually one thing it's like it's easy to harp on how bad mining is for the environment or how bad any of these things are for the environment but honestly what i want people to know is like we have to do something like you know everybody who has a phone who has a computer who has cars who has anything for daily life um you're constantly using lithium copper like all these different types of metals nickel um cadmium whatever like but and so I just think it's really easy for most people to think like how horrible it is, you know, like, oh, we we shouldn't have to mine these metals at all. But like we do have to. So it's I think the important thing to think about is how do we make our technology more sustainable? We can't get rid of it altogether. You know, like we can't just like stop using these things. So you don't have to hate on mining. You don't have to like get mad at the miners in your life. We just have to work on finding better technology. So that's what I want people to know. No, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, do you know about, there? there's like a place in Nevada, I can't remember, where they it's native land and they want to mine in that area. Do you know about that? Oh, yeah. I can't are, remember what are you it's sure? Is it that they want to mine or is it that they want to put nuclear? Yucca Valley or Yucca Mountain? 
Yet no. in where they want to put nuclear waste. It's like Thatcher Pass or something. Oh, I'm not sure about oh, okay, that. Okay, okay. Well, we that's a good question. Out, yeah. But I can't remember what yeah, it's called. Okay. Let me mm-hmm. try to find it. Yeah, I don't think I know what that is, actually. That's a good question. Oh, here it is. I have a friend who's always posting about this, so. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my opinion on that, too, like, I get that. um, I mean, I think that uh, that's tough because a place like Nevada, these are just my personal opinions. Okay, yeah. Well, let me rephrase the question because I feel like the way I asked it sounds like shit. (laughs) Okay. Okay. um, What do you think about the mining that's going on in That's a great question. In Nevada. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of opinions out there. This, these are just my opinions. They don't mm-hmm. reflect, you know, anything else. But I do think that, like, I am somebody who puts people first. Like, I, I think especially, like, as an engineer, you have to be willing to think about um, how are we going to propel society forward. And in that case, you need resources. Like, you can't just say, well, you know, we can't mine anything ever again. And then in that case, I think where are the places... Like, you have to kind of think about the land value that you're using, right? A place like Nevada doesn't have much land value aside from the metals on it. Um, it's not like like we're getting a ton of other, you know, it's different. Like, maybe if you're in a rainforest, maybe, or in, like, a place or really fertile land, like in the breadbasket of California or something. But um, but really, the land in Nevada just isn't that useful for, for anything else. agriculture. Yeah, it's anything. really not. Yeah. It's just barren. Like, pretty much, like, the only resources it has are metals for mining, and in my opinion, I think we should use it for the resources that it has to offer. But, like, I mean, realistically, like, I just think sustainably, as the world moves forward, I think that we're better off, um, like, getting the most value we can out of certain land for, like, what it has to offer. Um, and I think that's a more sustainable way to live. And I think that, And I think that way about agriculture, too. I think that we should be more sustainably farming in places that were actually meant for farming yeah like california was not meant for farming but south america was there's ton and there's tons of places in south america that have extremely fertile land that right now are really poor um kind of like disenfranchised communities that if the world just had better trade relations we could use you know fertile land for growth and we could trade more and we could transport it across the world instead of like growing stuff in california where it's super like yeah, the land is just not meant for it. We don't have enough water. It's just bad for future generations. So, I'm just a proponent of use best using land for no, its real that, value. That totally makes sense. And it seems like you think we should emphasize more sustainable mining and like retention of metals, yeah. rather than and, and like invest time yes, and money exactly. into being able to like sustainably mine and also reuse metals then, exactly then like just hate on miners exactly yeah exactly like it's just it's unfair to just hate on miners and just say well like you know fuck them for like yeah, wanting no, to ruin totally the earth it's like well it's pretty hypocritical for anybody with a phone to say you know or anybody with a laptop or anybody with a car when you're desperate for these metals like you need these things in your daily life like the whole so I'm just I it bothers me when I think the environmentalist movement starts to kind of shit on people who are just trying to provide the resources we all need. So so you know I'm not I'm not a fan of hating on mining, just trying to make it more sustainable and more ethical. Mm-hmm. Valid. That totally makes sense. Thank you for your 
information on that i like honestly don't know a lot about that so i appreciate it i've been avoiding asking Elle about this like the whole trip because i wanted to ask her actually find out right while we were recording so yeah it's fun to talk about yeah Yeah. this is what i think about most of the week not here i haven't thought about it to be honest once but well, that's um, very but in cool. my daily life, I think about this stuff a lot, so it's fun to talk about. Yeah, and kind of back to what we mentioned earlier, if you could talk a little bit about the toxic culture of oh, Ivy Leagues, yes, yes, I would yes. love to hear about that. Yes, oh yes, the toxic, oh man, Ivy Leagues are just a whole other, it's a whole other deal. First of all, I want to say, I also just think it's academia in general yes, can be definitely. very toxic, and Ellen and I were talking earlier about how we feel that women in STEM environment can be kind of toxic. And just because there's kind of a superiority complex, I feel, of women in STEM. And, Mm -hmm. like, we, as women, as young women, I felt, as a young woman, I felt very, like, influenced to do something in STEM. And I felt like I was, like, kind of seen as stupid if I didn't do something in STEM. Like, it seemed like people were going to judge me for not if being smart to do really or like, like yeah, communication or like yeah. journalism yeah, yeah. like I really mm-hmm. wanted to do like English or journalism initially yeah. but I was like oh it's kind of like lame and I don't know I felt like as a smart person as like someone who was mm-hmm. young who and like smart, showed potential who showed yeah. potential uh-huh. everyone was like oh no you should like do a stem something in stem I totally agree actually and I've thought about it a lot since starting this program because there's like so many women in my program who are clearly very unhappy and clearly I think like want to pursue other things or would have chosen other things but they definitely feel this big pressure to be a woman in stem and like to try and like forge the path when in reality like yeah i don't know if and i don't even know for me i don't even really know anymore if this is like where my talents are best being used would you initially apply for college with was it engineering? Yeah, it was engineering. Okay. And did I, you I ever only consider... did it because it was sensible. I didn't do it because... Yeah. Well, that's not true, I guess. I guess I, d- I did. I was interested in it because I wanted to do something concrete. I wanted right or wrong. But I totally considered journalism or communications. Those were things I was way more passionate about. Like, I always loved to write. I loved, like, creativity. And I... But kind of the same and you're an excellent painter and thank you yeah and i love art yeah no i definitely wanted to do something more creative but i totally did feel pressure as like somebody who you know was like a strong woman Mm -hmm. and like could get along with the boys and like you know to be in engineering oh they're like you did calculus yeah you got an which actually i didn't even do calculus in high school i did pre-calc but i did pre-calc too Mm -hmm. but yeah i definitely felt that pressure and just, I also just, like, didn't want to be, like, looked down upon. Same. Yeah, I feel like I wanted to gain respect. Also, as a STEM major, I will say, I did look down upon, like, business majors. Me too, me and, too. Like, I thought, I would, like, be like, oh, yeah, to you're To be fair, though, justifiably, major. I mean, like, okay, they did business, nothing in college. We can, we can look yes, down on yes. business majors, okay? I think, I didn't really look down upon people who were in the arts. Yeah. But I, I would say when people complained who were studying yeah. the arts i, I was, was like, like yeah shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah exactly but so what is yeah. it what's your experience been is like like in the ivy league school like like kind mm-hmm. of the good things and the bad things because i feel like yeah. there's been a lot of good things you've totally mentioned yeah. too no there's been good too i'd say like well maybe we'll start with the bad um so i can end on the good the bad is that the culture is yeah so tight it's for one thing usually most of the ivy leagues are very small departments so small department vibe is 
nice in the way that it's very intimate and you get to like really get to know your colleagues and stuff but very toxic in the way that everybody's constantly being compared to each other um and like there's only seven people in my cohort which is nothing and so it's like we're all very directly kind of and but they're all very nice like I should say they're all very kind people nobody would ever try to hurt you but it's just kind of the nature of the program is like it's hard to um it makes it hard for you to like remember your own identity honestly um and but okay but here I'll start with the good things so the good things are that the wine is always flowing in an ivy league they spoil you the private school system is amazing in the way that like yeah they just give you so much um like there's so much discretion on what they can spend money on which they can't do in a public school but they can like do whatever the fuck they want honestly which I love like they can just ho- like we're just we're doing recruitment this weekend and they're going to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to recruit these students. Like, we're bringing them to all, like, the nicest restaurants, like, everything paid for, flying them in. Um, and when I did my recruitment last year, I was, like, blown away at how much money they spent, which none of the other public schools did. So it was, like, yes, they can convince people in a different way. And with that, you get different resources, too, just being a wealthy school. So I love that. I'm stoked on that, like, in the program that I'm in. Um, that's really, really nice. And yeah, so that's one of the good things. I like that a lot. I will say, you know, the benefit of being at an Ivy League is that everybody's really competent. Everybody's really, really, really intelligent. That's something I value because honestly, it wasn't quite like that at my first graduate degree. There were a lot of people in my program who you could tell were just there because they didn't know what else to do in life. And actually, I have to say everybody here is like really, really, really just good at, at research and they care they're passionate you you definitely just are with high quality people that's something really nice i will say and definitely the professors are for sure better um i'd say that, so let's go to the negatives the negatives are that <laughs> it's just so um it's it's like you're in this insane little bubble where everybody thinks that the work that you do is the only work in the world that matters and you spend so much time just very focused on yourself your work other people's work and so like for me coming on this trip was huge because just remembering that like you know there's other people who choose very different life paths and there's other things happening in the world that are equally as important if not more important you know like it's just it's just good to remember how small you are and I think that's hard in an Ivy League and you also forget what's special about you I feel like I am I feel like my self-confidence has actually probably, like, really gone down sometimes while being there. Just because Mm. everybody's just so amazing that, like, you forget that you also, at one point, are, were amazing or are amazing, you know? Like, we're amazing. We're amazing. Like, like, you are amazing. You, like, it's hard for you to grasp that, like, it it is. I feel like, like, a lot of the time, I do feel like my confidence has probably, like, gone down a bit. Just because I'm, like... I'm not kidding. I think this all the other day I was just like, man, I guess I'm just really just not smart. Like, I guess I'm just not cut out or like just not good enough for the like those are that you're never thinking like, oh, what sets you apart from other people or it's just it's a harsh environment to to stay mentally sane. And that's why, like, I think it's like two thirds or no, it's one third. I think of all PhD students have like severe depression. Wow, it's a hard, a yeah, or some mental health issue. Like it's a hard and harsh environment to succeed and stay sane in. And so I think that's the worst part for me is that I realized I feel like it's it kind of downgrades your self-confidence being around like all these people who are just like brilliant makes you feel like you suck. It's hard to remember that you too 
you know have are good, brilliant are, like have good qualities yeah and, and are special in some way like but i it's really hard for me to remember that just being there that's one thing i don't like but um and also just some of the people are so fucking weird i'm sorry but like it attracts just some of the strangest strangest people i've ever met and also for something about the ivy leagues definitely attracts a lot of very pompous europeans europeans who think they're way better than you and um so i'd say those are kind of all my also just like all the ivy leagues are in locations that suck so actually except harvard harvard's in in boston's nice but most of the other ones are in bad locations so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you feel like there are a lot of really just wealthy people so many i i really thought that coming into this program i was going to meet people who inspired me like people who like you know overcame all these big obstacles and no that's not like half the people in my program i'm not kidding all have a parent in academia so Mm -hmm. it's like okay the pipeline's pretty streamlined then Mm -hmm. um and i think i'm the only person whose parents didn't go to college wow you're the only person i thought everybody right like you would think that because everybody's always complaining about how admissions favor people like that but they don't wow and we talked about this the other night (laughs) but like they actually don't i'm the only person there who's yeah whose like family didn't go to college that's insane i'm Mm -hmm. so shocked about me too i was shocked i totally thought that like everybody was going to be like that and they were all going to have these like crazy life events no they all come from very privileged backgrounds which was interesting i was just shocked i was like oh okay well that's weird i feel like i'm like it's like multifactorial for me because I I kind of figured it would be a large yeah. percentage of the population was mm-hmm. very privileged, mm-hmm. coming from very privileged backgrounds, and yeah, like maybe mm-hmm. had family who went to Ivy League schools, mm-hmm. like their parents were kind of helping get them in with mm-hmm. donations and whatnot. Yeah, but I also figured that there would be like a large Not component of yeah. like underprivileged maybe people. in the undergrad community but i've kind of heard the same about undergrad that it is actually a lot of very wealthy people wow yeah i think that you have your few but overwhelmingly i would say it is a wealthier population wow Mm -hmm. that's extremely interesting i think that people really freak out a lot about admissions trying to help I think so less too. privileged less privileged people get into college and get mm-hmm. into like graduate school and it's really like nauseating when I hear white men in particular yes. complain like oh well you're a woman like yep. I mean mm-hmm. I applied to graduate school last year and some I, I remember I was talking to a white man about this and I made a comment about like getting into school and they were like well at least you're a woman <laughs> i was like really yeah, i was like no, <laughs> like i i mean yes. i think it's like i mean i think it's if there is any type of like affirmative action yes. type stuff i think it's absolutely worth I it i completely agree. and i don't know how like i don't know how that privileged people cannot acknowledge that be- being from a wealthier household or being totally. white or being a man well it, it does change your opportunities exactly. like yeah, yeah. yeah. and That's so right. yeah yeah no you don't know how people mm-hmm. can say that it doesn't change your opportunities yes yeah it absolutely does and it, it's like especially nauseating when like we both um Elle and i know each other because we went to a private high school together mm-hmm. and we always talk about that we felt like the poor kids yes at the high school. we definitely were like yeah, we like were. I mean, we we were, we were kind of honestly. the charity cases. I mean, and I mean, my family is like pretty well off, like middle class yeah, family. Uh-huh. Like we were fine. Like, mm-hmm. but, but like I felt like poor kid. Yeah, in our too. school, I definitely did. Yeah. yeah, and like, yeah, I even had when I got to this program that I'm in right now. Um, I got this like pretty exciting fellowship before I started this PhD program, 
and I had this one awful guy who I literally hate so fucking much in my program. Um, he straight up told me, he was like, oh, like you're in this research group and you got this fellowship. And he was like, oh, I already Googled you and I saw that you had a really sad life. And that's why I was like, yes, yes. Who said that to you? This asshole in my program who I like hate. Like one of your coworkers, like another person? Yeah, he's in the department. Yeah, like he's in the department. Is he's like the same as you? Like he's like a... Not in my research PhD group, student? but he's another PhD student. Mm-hmm. What a piece of shit. Yep. And he straight up told me he was just like, like that because I had a sad life. That's why, why I got that fellowship and that I got that fellowship was the only reason I was in the research group that I'm in. He didn't, he, that, he couldn't like fathom that maybe, maybe I just, you know. Was smart. Maybe I just was smart or maybe I won the guy over, you know, but instead. What about him? What's his story? Oh, he blows. He's literally, oh God, we could have a whole podcast just about this guy to be okay. honest. We can, we can have that's, another one if yeah, you want. That's you know? a whole other story, but. Okay. But he didn't even pass his qualifying exam recently, so he used to retake it. And everybody passes their qualifying. Loser. Yeah. Loser. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's insane. Crazy I'm sorry that you've experienced that. But yeah, it's just crazy because I I don't know. It really upsets me that people aren't aware of how their life circumstances have affected Mm -hmm. the place that they're in. And like, I even feel like, I mean, I'm definitely pretty privileged, but Mm -hmm. I remember being so annoyed even in high school, like, when we were taking the SATs and the ACTs yes. and stuff, and like all these kids were like getting oh my God, these crazy lessons, prep classes. like these yes. crazy prep classes for like and the we SAT, uh-huh. and I was like, I don't, I mean, yeah. I'm just going in here. Me too, I'm, I'm taking just, this blind. I'm taking this blind. This. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like maybe like an old book. Yes, from someone's older brother. Exactly. You know, hand me down, but like I didn't have any like sort of training, and it was, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy to think that. I think that a lot of people who are privileged still really have this sense of deserving these positions yeah. that they're in mm-hmm. and they feel like people people of a lower class or a lower you know yeah completely. financial sect or whatever the hell you want to call it like aren't deserving of these positions as much as them like they feel entitled to it yeah like no. that guy yes like, yeah. he felt entitled to your position, no, obviously. Crazy, crazy experience. But no, I completely agree. I think it's ridiculous. It's also just like, I'm sorry, but if you were picking between, let's say somebody has the same qualifications, but one was clearly more disadvantaged, of course I'm going to pick them. Yeah. Like, they're clearly the stronger candidate. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, no, totally. You know, if everything else about you is the same, I'm totally going to pick the one who's had more challenges in life. Like, they're more resilient and they show more, um, yeah, show more grit. Like, they're going to be a better employee, so... Like, yeah. don't be so angry Yeah, about like, if it. someone had all... Like, when I feel like it's the same... Like, I'm not... I'm not at all, like, biased on this. Like, if, if someone else had a harder life than me and all the same qualifications, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give them the position. I feel like, honestly, damn. Yeah, they like, deserve it. Them. They deserve it more than me, yes, really. Yes, me too. Totally. I completely agree. Yeah. I'm, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. thank you for all of that information on the Ivy Leagues. Oh, my gosh, um, We can also talk about some more lighthearted stuff now. Um, okay, so also, Elle did move across the country to go to her li- Ivy did. League school. And yes. as you guys know, if you've listened to other episodes, I moved to Spain to teach English. So we were kind of talking about big moves and how they impact you. Yeah. And... The difference between moving abroad and yes. moving across the country in America, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. 
probably wherever you are, but I do think this conversation is probably like America yeah, centric yeah. because America is such a big country and it means something different, I think, to move across America than it does to move across like Germany because I, yeah, exactly. Germany's or Spain, it's like yes, small, yeah, small. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Small, and culturally, like America's so different. In yeah, all of these different parts. Like, wait, so I did this big road trip this summer. Um, to get to my current place where I live. And, oh, my goodness, I could not believe, like, the different cultural norms that existed between, like, the South and the West and the Midwest and the East Coast. Um, and it was just, like, like you really do feel like you're living in a different country. Like, I, f- I do feel like I moved to a whole different, whole different environment, whole different culture. And I genuinely think, and I was talking about this with my other friend who's done a lot of international moves, and so I've done, like, you know, I've done a lot of kind of just big international trips and for like kind of significant periods of time. And those were so much easier than moving across the country. I think it's just because like when you go abroad somewhere, it's like you're willing to put yourself out more. Like it feels almost less vulnerable. I think you like there's more other people who, you know, are away from home and just are kinder and more willing to be your friend. But moving across the country is different. Like it just feels like you've chosen to like abandon your home more within the country and that like and and it's hard it's hard to make friends I feel like like you feel more self-conscious all the time because you're in your home space like um and you're with people who are of your same culture and habits so I feel like I'm more yeah I'm more self-conscious whereas like if I'm talking to a group of Spanish people I don't know I feel actually less self-conscious because I don't feel like they're comparing me to other Americans there I don't know um interesting yeah I also feel like it feels more temporary yes to move to a different country like to move internationally yeah Mm -hmm. like i i do i mean there's some chance Mm -hmm. that i'll stay in spain i would say but for the most part like when i moved here it was a temporary thing yes like i have a job for a year and maybe i'll say two years but like my overall intention was slash maybe is to stay exactly to go back to america but when you move like across america it's more yeah, it feels you could like, say that exactly, you could end yeah. up there. Yeah, could it could be there. a permanent thing. You could start a life there. You yeah. could end up having a family there. Falling in love. Falling in love. Like it feels like like having some babies. Yes. <laughs> it feels like like you've left your home so much more um, <laughs> uh, when you're moving across the country, and I think people in your life also take it more personally because they're kind of like, why would you move across like to this state? You know, whereas people like if you're moving to Spain, people are like, okay, well I get that, but I don't know. People were kind of. Really? I'm I feel like to hear about that. some people in my, I mean, not really my friends, but like some people in my family, I feel like were kind of really kind of judgy hurt. or their feelings. They were just I think they were just hurt. Like yeah. they're like, well, and also they're like, you have to be careful. And yeah. I'm like, it's Spain, yeah, man. Spain. I don't know. Like, it's not like I'm moving somewhere dangerous. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And I, I, I do feel like people like, especially, I don't know, mostly older people in my family were kind of, like, offended. Like, my grandparents and my mom, I feel their feelings were very hurt, and they kind of took it personally. And I'm like, this doesn't really have anything to do with you. It's just an experience that I want to have. Yes, yes. And I think people couldn't... Yeah, and I feel like people couldn't really understand it. Yes, I felt the same way. I felt people... Especially when you have options to be closer. Like, I did have options to stay closer to home. So people couldn't really understand, like, why I wouldn't choose that over going far. But sometimes you just have to, like, you know, have the experience that's right for you. And I think for both of us, it was, like, moving far from home. Yeah. I needed that. And I always would say this to people who are trying to decide 
about moving, I always say it's always easier to move back to a place than it is to move to a place. So, so I, true. The harder thing to do is to move. Yeah, and I so I I really point, would encourage anyone who has the opportunity to move away to to do it to do it. Like I, I went totally to college agree. somewhere else initially, and then I didn't yeah. love it, so I moved back to my hometown, and I. It was pretty easy to move back to my hometown. Yeah, and you didn't regret it, but but you would have regretted never going in the first place. Totally. Yeah, you definitely regret the things that you don't do more than the things that you do do. Absolutely. Yeah, which I feel like really comes into play for lots of life events, but it's like, I would so much rather regret, yeah, like, because you know when you have that feeling, that feeling never goes away when you want to make a decision, and it's kind of gnawing away at you, and you feel like you have to do it. I think when you don't do it, that just eats away at you forever. It's better to take the opportunity. Yeah, take the opportunity, take the risk. I think the opportunity to go somewhere, like, Mm. doesn't come as often as the opportunity to stay in the same place, obviously. Like, it's always an option to stay in the same place. you can always go back. Yeah. You can always go back. I think people sometimes are, like, really scared about, like, how their job's going to react. Or, like, the truth is most people support you. Most people want the best for you to begin with, and most people are happy for you, you know, if you leave, like, if that's what you want, and would take you back, too, if you wanted to come back, like, especially jobs. And I think the feeling of, like, always wondering about something is one of the worst feelings ever. I completely agree. I think it's better to go for it. I totally agree. Totally. And um, we were talking about, also, how hard it is to, it it is, so we've been friends for a long time now. Mm. How yes. long have we been friends? Gosh, okay. How old Like, are sophomore we? year of okay, high school. Like, mm-hmm. So, At we were, like, years. 15. So, like, 10 years. Damn. Yeah, like We've been friends years. for, like, 10 years. That's so time, cool. Actually. That is cool. That's really cool. our 10-year anniversary trip. Wow. Aw. Cute. Love. Cute so cute. cute. Um, and there is something, like, very special about a friend that you've had for a long time but also I think a friend that you've made when you were pretty young yeah I agree and we we talked about how we were talking earlier about how when you make it's harder to make very close friends as an adult yes completely I think it's partially because of just when you're young you're like I don't know I feel like when I was young I was just kind of like suffering a lot in my own head and I was just Mm -hmm. kind of like going through a lot of transitionary phases and and it to go through that with your friends I agree is really bonding it's really bonding yeah and it's bonding for life like in a way that makes it just easy to like jump back in later yeah but it's so much harder to form that with new people I also just feel like I have less space in my brain now like I just had a lot more free space in my brain when I was younger but now it's, like, I'm actually really thinking a lot all the time about, like, work and about, like, my responsibilities and, like, stuff I have to do. Like, I really just don't have enough brain space anymore to dedicate to, like, meeting new people. Like, it's hard. It's, like, exhausting. Like, it actually... It is. We're both total extroverts. We yeah. We love people. I love people. And, like, I feel like I used to, when I was younger, be able to have, like, three hangouts a day. And now I, like, really can't. And I'm sure that's partially COVID, too. But I do think, like, yeah, just getting older you it's just like all the things that our parents used to say where they were like you're gonna you'll get it when you're older and like i get it now i hate to admit it yeah i do i get it now there's a lot of things about that there's a lot of things about that (laughs) statement that could be a whole other episode yeah when i sometimes i'll admit to my mom that she was right Right. about something and i'm like i know you're gonna say i told you so but please just spare me i'm like spare me because you have to find these things out on your own yeah but i know now that 
yeah, they're right. It's hard to, it's hard to really connect when you get older. And to me, people that you just like drive with. Yeah. I feel like I don't laugh as hard at all with people who yeah. are super well. And I also just like to spend time alone a lot more. Yes. Like, I really just enjoy my own company a lot yeah. more now than, than I used, used to. to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I think we have so much to look forward to in our next decade. I actually really do. Yeah. I think that, honestly, this is a good turning point. I feel like this age right here, like, mid-20s, which I think scientifically is a thing, too. Like, I think that our brains fully form I think you're right, time. yeah. Because I do feel more... Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good decade where you can give way less of a shit about what people you don't like care about you. Um, and I think you're a lot more concerned about things in life that matter than just, like, these little fleeting things all the time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everything is kind of fleeting. Everything's fleeting. Yeah. Don't worry too much about it. Everything's fleeting. Try some drugs. <laughs> yeah. That's Honestly, <laughs> try some drugs. Yeah, that'll change But don't life. be stupid. Don't if be you're, stupid. depending on your age and depending on your... If you're a little, if you're like, depending on your mental state, yeah. when people say don't do drugs if you're feeling bad, that's real. Yeah, that's real. Don't, <laughs> don't take that chance because you will, you will have. It will be in a good, be in a uh, good yes, mind a good state. Space yeah, with people who love you, people who you trust, and you'll do, and it'll change your life. And yes, it'll, it'll help you remember what actually matters in life. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna need to do some drugs soon myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. To remember well, that next my path. next move, yeah, I'm having. So I do feel that I'm having a quarter life crisis, crisis. Mm-hmm. at the age of 25. Yep. I do feel that happening. That's hitting right now. Mm-hmm. It's hitting, but I'm glad that I like made the decision to come to Spain mm-hmm. because I'm at least doing something that I care about. Yeah, for sure. That's what matters. That's most important than anything. Is like. Yeah, I completely agree. Just doing something that at least matters to you. Yeah, but some of the people I have met in Spain who are who've been like living here for a while, I do like get the sense that there is a, like a like a population of people that like go abroad, and then they like are like well, I don't want to go back and start my yes. life. And I do. I, I mean, it does like give you a unique opportunity to be working and to like have a social life and stuff, but. If you have the intention of going back to the United States, you don't, like, have to really get your shit together and, like, start really working towards Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. your future so Mm -hmm. much if you're working and living abroad. And I feel like I've met some people just, like, in hostels and stuff. You get kind of lost in that. Yeah. 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 And you can, I mean, you get, and also it's, like, you can totally, like, avoid, like, yeah. Like, I mean, you you can avoid, like, those questions from, like, your family and your old friends of, like, oh, what are you doing? Like, are you going to go to school? Are you going to get a job doing this? Like, totally. It's, like, you are totally, like, separated from that life and those pressures. And I feel like the draw to, like, stay here and avoid yeah. it is really strong. Like, I don't want to – I'm, like – like, it stresses me out to think about going back to the United States. Because I know everyone's going to be, like, so what are you going to do now? It is stressful going back to the United States. Yeah. yeah, you're right. People are going to hit you with so many questions. Yeah. Like, okay, you're back. Time to start. Honestly, it's almost like you want to stay here until you have it figured out. Exactly. Because everybody is going to, like, it's almost assumed that while you're here, maybe, like, you're not starting yet. Yeah. You know? And yeah. And once you do go back, it's like, okay, you've you've had your time. Let's go. Totally. And I, I really hate that whole, like, I don't like that mindset because everything, I feel like, like, what does it really mean to, like, start your life or, like, yeah. start your career? Like, it does, isn't everything you do in exactly. life kind of contributing towards, it, completely. towards your future? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, the, everything you do is a valuable life experience. I believe that. I think. For I like sure. the saying that the right decision is the one that was made. That's a good one. You know, like, what's the point of ever thinking about, like, if it was right or wrong? Like, the right one is the one that you made and the one that you have to live with. And I think about that all the time. I'm just like, yep, the right one is the one that I made. That's mm-hmm. a really good, mm-hmm. that's a really like good saying. Quote. I should remember that. Yep. Think about that. Get it tattooed on me. <laughs> just kidding. Actually, yeah, that kind of would be. Maybe we should think about that for like some temporary tattoos or something. I would get a temp. Yeah, I a would do that. Something to represent that. I'm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel that I wanted to come here. Part of the reason I wanted to come here was to kind of leave that environment of people like asking me what I was going to do and like pressuring me to like do mm-hmm. this or that because I felt. Like, there were just all these voices around me that I couldn't hear my own. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I felt that the whole process of deciding. I felt like everybody in my life had a different opinion. And I really cared. Like, I genuinely did care about people's opinions. But, like, you can't consider all of them because everybody has a totally different opinion to the point where, like, it's just harder for you. Like, at at the end of the day, you do just need to pick what you want. It has to be for your life. And, like, asking too many people for advice is more hindering than anything yeah and i'm the mm-hmm. the queen of doing that i, also I need to stop well i think this is a very important quote don't accept advice from anybody you don't admire if you don't like what their life looks like don't take advice from them i think that's really important that's a good one that's really good for especially in life decisions like if you're not if you don't think you know if you look at them and you're like their life looks horrible to me then don't ask them for advice and narrows it down for you that helped me a lot that's a good one yeah mm-hmm. How did you, like, make your decision and kind of – do you have any tips for, like, hearing your own voice and That's a good question. Just, like – because yeah. that's something – I don't know. I definitely feel like it's helped to, like, move yes. to a different country and be in my own space for sure. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's been a whole healing process for me. And I've been reading that book, Women Who Run With Wolves, mm-hmm. which talks mm-hmm. a lot about this, mm-hmm. like, kind of – like, especially women in particular – I feel like we let our intuition and, like, inner voice get very, like, drowned out and wounded throughout our life. And it's really hard to rekindle that. And that's been a really mission on my time, a real mission of mine right now. So I'm just kind of curious if you feel like you've done that. I definitely had a lot of moments throughout the process where, like, my gut definitely pushed me towards certain, like... I feel like the way that I finally picked this program was because, for one, the people. Like, when I was visiting and, you know, meeting everybody, like, these people stood out to me more than anything. And for me, the people are always the most important. It was like, where do I feel like home? And it was there. And I also wanted a really new experience, and I had to listen to that. I do feel like, though, and I one thing that helped me was to try and picture, like, because everybody in my life, you know, um, like, different relationships, family members, like, friendships, all that, like, had their opinions on where that what they wanted me to do and I really tried to focus like okay if nobody else was in the picture what would I actually do if I wasn't taking all these other people into consideration what did I want and that was really helpful for me however I recognize not everybody can do that I could do that because when I made the decision I was 23 and childless and not married and 
you know, could do something and like didn't have too much family responsibility. So it's like I could do something just for me. Also, just but that's that, different. You know, if you're like a parent or if also you're, you're just mm-hmm. an independent queen. Yeah, and you you Thank know you. what you want you. a lot more than other people, which I really respect and admire. Yeah, I try to go for what I want as much that's as awesome. I can and try to just move confidently. Also, yeah, fake it till you make it. Confidence does not always have to be 100%. Like, you just got to make a decision sometimes and just go for it. Yeah. We love, we love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We love. Um, yeah. I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, though. It's definitely hard to, it's hard to find your own voice. I'm still finding mine, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think in decision making, like, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, really, in all my big decisions, I really have just kind of listened to, like, a vague gut feeling. That I could barely even articulate. That's good though. And then later, I feel like I feel like, like I everyone always stuff. says that. that you yeah. have to just like follow your gut. I know it's hard, it's but like so you hard, know, but you know, you know, it's like you yeah. know in your heart sometimes. Like you know, you know what you want. Or another good tip that I think does work too is like put two options or however many options in a hat, and then pick one out. And I think you notice sometimes if you're disappointed at the response yeah. that wasn't actually what you wanted. Like, I think stuff like that is good. Yeah. For me, though, I'm always like, okay, two out of three. Yes. <laughs> three yes. out of five. <laughs> three out of five will do again. Or, like, pros and cons list. That helps. Yeah. There are some practical things you can do. Yeah. No, totally. hmm That's absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like there – do you feel like you have any gut – do you feel like you have good gut intuition usually, or, or is it hard for you to listen to it? I feel like it's hard for me to listen to my gut. Like, you're willing to just tell it to, like, sh- I don't trust myself very much. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, like, hard for me to trust myself and my yeah. gut feeling. Yeah. And I don't know why. We could probably delve yeah, into that. Know. Yeah, but that's, like, at mm-hmm. that camp. And you, like, write something on your rock, on a little rock that's, like, a goal for you. And mine was definitely, like, my kind of theme, I feel like, for my life right now is just to trust Trust myself. That's, like, my goal is to just trust myself more. Yeah. And I feel like it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but, like, it's always been really hard for me to just trust that. And I, yeah, Yeah. I would really like to improve on that for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've just been learning. I, one thing that's really helped me a lot is just trying to get to know myself better by writing a lot. Yeah. And um, someone, some soul things. So, one of my friends said this to me once, which I think is really important. Like, if there's something you want to work on, just have it, like, very accessible to you and, like, very available mm, to you. Okay. Like, I feel like something that's really helped me start writing a lot more recently or even, like, just recording this podcast, doing mm-hmm. things, has been just, like, having things out and set up. Like, I always have my microphone, like, set up in my apartment in mm-hmm. case I ever want to record smart. something. Yeah, okay. Or just having, like, a Word document on my computer yes. that I can just, just, like, journal on. Exactly. Or just, like, have your like have your journal out. Have, mm-hmm. like, your art out. Mm-hmm. Have, like, whatever project that you want to work on. Have it mm-hmm. out. Because, like... I feel like to an extent, people are really only like what's around them and what's easily accessible mm-hmm. to them. So if you make something that's important to you more accessible, it will help mm-hmm. you do it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I like that. I love that. It's kind of like Marie Kondo. Oh, it's I don't kind of like she's the person who has that clean show on Netflix. Yeah, I know who like, she is. But it's kind of a similar philosophy. It's like okay. you should only have basically everything you use like you shouldn't have things like away it's like if you use it it should be out and you shouldn't have more things than that pretty much like you shouldn't have like a ton of shit in storage but kind of the same but that makes sense i'm gonna start doing that actually because 
I feel like I very am somebody who's like very quick to put a hobby away to keep it clean and then I just never do it exactly so or even like my guitar smart. yep guitar, like just putting my guitar out like mm-hmm. get one of those stands that it just yep. is out and you like you have it sitting it. there and mm-hmm. you can just grab it and play totally. whatever I think that really has I made a that. difference yeah I like that it's the same with like going to the gym like if I lay out my gym clothes the night before way more likely to go or but yeah, I guess just with everything, that's a good tip. I, like yes, I don't know. I think about that a lot. And it, I've been practicing that, and it mm-hmm. really has helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, do you have any more comments before we close it out? Gosh, no. Just that I want to come back on your show. When you're Anytime. Famous. I think we should talk about, I think to close out, we should talk about our Madrid experience. Yes. Oh, my God. Do a little yes. story time. Okay. So, okay. So, Jay and I. You call yourself Jay on here. I don't really call myself anything, so yeah, that okay, works. So Jay works, yeah. Jay and I. Um, we, the first night, well, oh my gosh, wait, okay, well, first we met up at the train station, or no, the metro station. The metro station. And it was the cutest reunion ever. I was, like, aimlessly looking around and couldn't find anything, and Jay was right there. We made eyes, and it was just the cutest thing ever. And then... Um, and then we decided to go out that night. Yes. And had an absolute ball in Madrid, but I yeah. got way too drunk. I was pretty predicted. drunk too. And you were pretty drunk. And too, we yeah. made some friends. Uh, we, we made some friends. We did. We made some some friends from um, from all around the world. Yeah, I'm like I don't know. Where they... bar crawl. We made some like American friends that were also. Mm-hmm. There was like one girl who we made friends with who was also doing. The same thing mm-hmm. as me in Spain teaching English, mm-hmm. and then we met some guys who were Norwegian, I think. Norwegian or uh, English? English. And then we Irish. Met, I don't know. We met one girl. Was she in law school? Who? I. I don't think so. <laughs> Somebody was in law school, but I don't know. Who. But we. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it's important for the story that we <laughs> went to a hostile bar crawl yes, uh-huh. and that's why we met these people which was Elle's idea honestly yes. genius yes, idea anybody out there who's ever in europe or any anywhere in the world except america because we don't really have hostels but anywhere else in the world um where you're alone or just like with one other friend and you want to meet some people go to a hostel and find the bar crawl they're a blast and you'll definitely meet people it's a good time yeah we paid like 20 euro and mm-hmm. it was like for like drinks like all night really i mean it was like worth it I got fucked up beforehand so didn't even drink them or need them but it was i drank cool and then i was taking both mine and yes. l's shots mm-hmm. which was kind of wild but mm-hmm. we do we did we went to several different bars several uh-huh several Ended at a club. Mm -hmm. Really remember, but I think it was called Velvet. Ooh, Velvet. Okay. Velvet. I'm pretty sure the name was Mm -hmm. Velvet, and we danced like crazy. It was so fun. And yeah, and then we woke up the next day, and Elle was extremely hungover. I literally thought I was going to die. This was the worst hangover of my life to date, for sure. I was so confident I would never drink again. To be fair, you know, I haven't yet, and I'm still feeling pretty awful about it but um it was i've never had oh my god for anybody out there who gets anxiety holy poop that was horrible and i totally and i relate to you but um but just know that it's the alcohol talking it's not you your your whole life isn't actually in shambles you were just hungover and that will go away and like of course you feel like shit yes yeah Mm -hmm. like don't be like oh my god why do i feel so awful it's because alcohol yes depletes your body of yes, all your of minerals all your and shit and, and yeah and like it's not you're gonna be okay but literally it's so true <laughs> the only thing that can heal you is time 
There's no other hangover cure but time. And mm-hmm. although and I ibuprofen. tablets and ibuprofen were great. Magnesium potassium tablets. Mm-hmm. Yes, but and then so that was kind of rough. And bread. Bread. Oh my god, and that Spanish tortilla. Whew, that was exactly I could yeah. not have needed anything more. Like that was the perfect hangover cure. And, tortilla is And oh. getting outside. Oh my god. I feel like if I had stayed here the whole day, I bet I never would have gotten better. But just going outside getting fresh air that remembering was that there's life outside yes. of what you're yep. currently experiencing exactly. yeah totally so yeah then i had a headache but i wasn't like horribly hungover mm-hmm. and then what do we do at the rest of the day we went to a flea market oh I met my yeah family which is so wealthy yeah oh my god my family turns out okay this is hilarious because before jay and i came here i was like I don't want to stay with my family. Like, it's probably going to be super cramped. It's Europe. You know, they probably have some tiny apartment somewhere. No, I show up there, and they are loaded. It's straight up like a pet house apartment, essentially, across from one of the most beautiful parks in Madrid. Like, it's almost like living, like, right next to Central Park, like, the equivalent. And, um... And they were so nice. They were incredible. They were all just, like... They made this delicious meal. I was blown away. I was absolutely shocked. I could not believe it. Mm-hmm. Vibes. Yeah. Do you mind if we pause really quick? I really have to go to the No, of course. I'm sorry. Oh, it's my God. Like, stop. No, no me. worries. Okay, we're... We're back. We're back. We're <laughs> so, back. Yes. So I had to take a little poo break, <laughs> to be completely <laughs> honest. That fast. I did. I'm a really quick pooper. That was actually <laughs> a huge... I. This is my probably my biggest pet peeve with men. I mean, among, among men? the many, among the many pet peeves that I have with men, but particularly that they take forever to poop. Why do they take so long? Why do they take so long? It's like, look, I get it. Sometimes it t- you get the urge, right? So you get the urge to poop, and but you know you're not ready. Yeah. I feel like that's when they go. They're like, they know they're not ready, but they're just going to let it marinate. Like, I'm just going to sit in the toilet. Well, so then know, it smells. I think you know why, actually. I think why? I know why. Okay, Wait, why? Well, someone, I, I don't know how I acquired mm-hmm. this knowledge, but because men have the prostate, okay, it like feels good if something's in their butt. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Are you serious? Well, that's like, sex feels good to men. Ew, so they just like to let it sit in their butt? I don't know if it's conscious. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they're... I hate men. I don't know if they're... More fuel. I don't know if men are conscious of this, but I think that's a... Wow, I think that's a factor in it. Interesting. I mean, I believe that because it's just... I told this to my brother once. Yes. Because my brother takes forever in the bathroom. He's yeah. like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, <laughs> As he's just spent an hour and a half just loving I'm it. I'm like, why are you sitting on the toilet yeah. for so long? My brother also, said if that you too. sit on the toilet uh-huh. for too long, you're going to get hemorrhoids, all right? Mm, yep. It can't push forever. hemorrhoids. So yep. if you're not ready for the... Don't do it. Don't go to the bathroom. My pet peeve is just that it literally smells so awful when you just let it marinate if you just do it quick it goes it flushes and that's it and like you can move on a lot of the time the bathroom's not as destroyed my brothers would sit in there for like an hour it would like literally waft through (laughs) through the vents to the room flush the toilet yes just exactly just flush it as you're going (laughs) like there's no be courteous it should take you that long to poop yes 100 percent Mm-hmm, I completely agree. I don't understand. I've never understood stop it. Stop men. Stop <laughs> taking men Literally down. Stop pooping for so long. You know when you're you ready. From, you know when you're you actually ready. First. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I just went, you know, because I knew I was 100% ready. Did I feel the urge for maybe 30 minutes before? A little bit, but that's not when I went. <laughs> I went when I knew it so was time. Get it together. Yes. Then. 
Thank get you. it together, That's men, all. please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I guess. Yes. Then we mm-hmm. met Lawrence's family. So anyway, yeah. So then we met my <laughs> super wealthy family, which, what the hell? I and was shocked. they made shocked. us, like, dank paella. Oh, my God. It was, like, this paella I even, spaghetti. I don't even like paella. Me either. I don't even like rice. It was so good, theirs though. theirs was so good. Theirs was amazing. And, and then we scootered home to our Oh, Airbnb. yes. Those scooters should be illegal, honestly, because they're <laughs> way too much fun. That you do so that all fun. the time. So you think fun things should be illegal, huh? <laughs> yes. Fun things should be that? illegal because they will lower productivity in society. All right. And that's the American in me speaking. This you know? is late stage mm-hmm. capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just a victim of late I am, stage capitalism. I'm, I am a victim just of the hamster wheel. Yeah. I'm going to be on it forever. No, you're not. I recognize it. that. Stop so it. maybe I'll create I a won't. startup and then you'll be like. And I'm going to base vibing. it out of Madrid. <laughs> I'll be <Yeah>. vibing. <laughs> vibing. <laughs> you're on that. What is it called? Uh, Good vibes only. What, what is that called? Oh, the income where you like don't have to keep working. Oh, <laughs> or just yeah. keeps coming. Um, I'm like so <laughs> dumb that I can't think of the words. It. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps on coming. You don't passive even have to income. work. Yes. Thank on that passive, passive income. income. Yeah, you just gotta get some passive income. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I hate that it's like that. I, I do. Hate, I, I hate that I think income. like that, but I just don't want to be, I just, I don't mind working. I just don't want to be exploited by someone. Yeah, no, that's a good way to, to put it. Exploited. That's a good way to put it, is that I don't even mind working. I just don't want to be, like, brutally taken advantage <laughs> yeah. of. Like, is that so much to ask? It, it is so much to ask <laughs> in America in 2022. It is. Literally, like, most right. everyone is being exploited. I just want, America. like, such a minimal amount of respect. Like, the smallest amount. You can barely get that. I just don't want to be exploited for my labor. labor. Yeah, no, that's but super fair. As Marx once said... Every worker is kind of exploited yep. for their mm-hmm. labor. Unless yeah. you're the, like, owner. Unless of you production. are literally the top, you're always going to be a little bit exploited. Yeah. That's true. wise man once said. Yep. Karl yeah. Marx. Preach. Shout out. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Shout up there. Out. <laughs> okay, so then Sunday. No. Saturday. No. Monday. <laughs> Monday, yes. Monday we was yesterday. Yes, we woke and up feeling like actual death yeah like ass because we were actually sick (laughs) we weren't just hungover turns out we did have the flu or something i mean i think you felt worse than i did yeah i felt bad yeah yesterday i felt awful i was like well this is not good and then we eventually got up and we Mm -hmm. walked around and we went to a museum and then when we were in the museum i started feeling like shit yeah and i was Mm -hmm. like i'm actually gonna die yep yep (laughs) but then we went I took some ibuprofen and I felt better. But in the museum, we saw some amazing Picasso and Salvador. Oh, my God, yes, which I would actually love to talk about that just because I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I do kind of think that a lot of art's kind of bullshit. Like, I'm sorry, but I think a lot of art is very subjective and very, like, these people just got lucky in being there, like, in the right place at the right time. But I got to say, Picasso was a genius. Like, he did some crazy. And Salvador Dali. Like, they were both unbelievable visionaries and i just couldn't believe that like the creativity and just the things that they were able to like push forward and like surrealism and abstractionism so uh shout out to them anybody listening should go to the museo de la reina sofia yes um if you want to go see their work because it was it was incredible i'm not gonna lie so we did that and there was also a cool exhibit I really liked by someone named Belkis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, she was Cuban, and she was an artist who went to school in Havana. 
and mm-hmm. she, her work was focused on like a specific. I don't know if it was like a religion or yeah, like a, like it kind was. Of a oh gosh, I don't know. I can't remember I either. Word, but, but it was like it was like kind of it was of like some, a tribal religion, a tribal mm-hmm. religion, and a bunch of her work was like based on that, and that was really striking. So I wanted to like note her, highlight also. that. Yeah. Yes. And also, I wrote down this quote. I don't even think I told you that really mm-hmm. struck me. That was Ooh. on one of the paintings, and it said, "Let's not waste time with idle discourse. Let's mm-hmm. do something now that the opportunity presents itself." It is not every day that someone needs us. Other would do it just as well or better. Others would do it just as well or better. The fall that we just heard is addressed to the whole of humanity. But in this place, in this moment, we are humanity, whether we like it or not. Let's take advantage of it before it's too late. For once, let's represent with dignity (coughs) Mm -hmm. the mess that misfortune has plunged us into. Whoa, let's talk about that. And I this love was that like, quote. I was like, damn, is that a good quote? Yeah, that quote hit. Wait, let me see that again. Let me pick my favorite part out. Sorry, I'm also sneezing right now. No, it's okay. Because Jay and I are still straight up sick. Yeah, we'll finish the illness story. But, um, wow, okay. Let, let's not wait. Okay, let's just dissect this a little okay, bit. Okay, so, yeah. so, first, we've got let's not waste time with idle discourse. Damn. So, basically, just like, why even talk about small things? Yeah. We could be talking about big things. Let's do something now that the opportunity presents itself. It is not every day that someone needs us. That's true. There's a lot of days where nobody needs me. Yeah. I also think it's like don't Mm -hmm. waste time like like what we've been talking about earlier about making decisions. Mm -hmm. It all connects like don't waste time thinking so much about what you're going to do. Like just, just do, do it. something. Yes. Like the opportunity is going to come along for mm-hmm. you to do something. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Like, yep. The time's going to pass no matter what. So yeah. what do you want at the end of it? I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. The fall that we just heard is addressed to the whole of humanity. But in this, but I'm this place in this moment. We are humanity, whether we like it or not. Yep. It's like we don't really get to choose whether or not we're in this moment. We are. Yeah. We are. You have to I do also, something with it. I do think about that a lot. I don't know. I'm wondering if you do. Um, I think a lot about just like that. I'm just like a person in the like whole world of humanity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you, you mean just that you're really small? Like, just yeah. that you are, yeah. Yeah. And also just, like, that I'm experiencing the human just, experience like, right the human now. Experience mm-hmm. right now. And it's, like, crazy thing now that, like, people will study, like, this time period yes. that I existed in. Oh, completely. Well, that's what I was thinking about, like, when, okay, so part of this trip was I just recently went to Budapest. And so when I was in Budapest, I was learning about what happened with, like, first the German occupation in Hungary and then the Soviet occupation in Hungary immediately after. And that was not that long ago. And right now, you know, we're kind of looking at uh, a Russian takeover of Ukraine or, like, attempted takeover. And the truth is, we don't even know, like, what's actually happened. Like, we won't actually know what the real story is there for, like, 30 years. And then in 30 years, just like looking at the Soviet occupation, there's going to be an exhibit about this. And we're going to be like, oh, my God, we lived that. We were in Spain at a club during that like it's <laughs> fucked up but like yeah. but that's true like and that freaks me out a lot to think about i think about that a lot yeah mm-hmm. freaks freaks you out yeah yeah it's also just crazy to think about like i don't know it feels like right now that we are going through so many so many historical events yes and i wonder like if it is unique to our time period or if or if there's always people, historical events yeah yeah, yeah. if uh-huh, a lot of uh-huh. people in different time periods have felt like this because yeah. obviously with the pandemic and now yeah 
you know, Russia, Ukraine. Well, to be fair, no, I don't think people have always felt like this. I do think this is pretty unique. Like, it's almost like if you look at a timeline of all of world history, you know, of just, like, the Earth, it's, like, however many billions of years were just, like, boring. I mean, like, nothing was really... Like, it really wasn't until the 1800s, like, the Industrial Revolution that, like, events started happening all the time. And then, like, since then, they've just, like... I feel like they've just kind of catapulted. So I, I do think that actually we're experiencing more just more things in the world happening than ever before. Also, we're in a unique position now where we can know about things immediately. Yes, and information so available all the Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah, and you're plagued by it, actually. Like, every day I feel, you know, I want to look at the news and just be like, hey, what horrible things happened around the world today? And I check in and I move on. And that's, like, it's It's kind of the reality. Yeah, Yeah, but I do feel like, yeah, even just, like, comparatively to, like, you know, our parents growing yeah, up. Yeah, like, do we I agree. F- like, I wonder if they felt like this. Like, wow, mm-hmm. there's so much shit going on. I don't know. I don't know. That's COVID a was a pretty big deal. COVID was a pretty big deal. They may have felt like that, though. I feel like, like, because, ooh, I don't know. We're our parents, like, civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, hippies. Yeah. Just, like, all those crazy social movements. Free that love. probably, free love, that probably felt bigger. Yeah. I and it was bigger. Same. If, I, I mean, it actually I was bigger. So I, I don't know. Like it, or maybe it felt the same. Maybe it felt the same. I don't know. I think about this a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Because it feels really big to me right now. Me too. Yeah. I don't know. Well. Yeah. Did you want to say anything else about the quote? I don't think so, right? I don't think so, yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. then, at the, the museum, the exhibit was great. And then we walked more. And then I was Locked feeling kind of ill. And then we came back here, right? Yep. And then that was we like were yesterday, like, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that was yesterday. And then we were maybe going to meet up with our hostel friends again, but then we decided we felt too ill. Yes, we couldn't do it. We were just like, and we shout out, you know, hang. hostel homies, if you're ever listening to this, sorry. We yeah, couldn't we do it. Love you, we did want to hang out with you. Like we did. You. Yeah, yeah, we genuinely and did. Maybe they will listen to this because I did tell them all about this. Which is weird <laughs> oh no! The pod Wait, this is embarrassing. It no, is embarrassing. Oh well. Well, hostile homies, we just want you to they know. They don't care about us. We yeah. did genuinely love you. We yeah. did actually. We had a great time with you. We talked about it a lot this trip. But last time we just felt so bad. It just wasn't happening. Yeah, we actually were. Ill. We actually were. We're still ill. Morning, we're still literally ill. I felt literally so bad. This yeah, this morning was bad. This morning was really bad, especially for you. And this mm-hmm. morning was bad. I, we watched some Fleabag last yep. night. I bet tonight will honestly be rough, too. Or tomorrow morning will probably be rough. But then we'll feel better once yeah, we get up. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. But then we ended up having a pretty good day today. We did yeah, we did laundry. a great day today. We yep. Cleaned our up our lives. Done. We Ugh. still do our face masks. Oh, my God. We still have face masks. We still have face masks. So we're going to end gonna the night. Hang, hang up, do some face masks. Yes. We got our nails in today. And we went to this delicious we did. restaurant. We did. And we walked by the river. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty great day. It was a great day. We had a fantastic great day. Great trip. I'm I sad that my cup is filled. Yes, me too. And fill. My cup is full. Uh, either way, filled. 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 Fine. <laughs> my heart's full. My cup is filled. I don't know. There you go. But I, yeah, I'm leaving really happy and really grateful to have had some amazing experiences. Yes, so, me too. And thank I'm you for allowing me to be on the podcast. Thanks for being on. Yes, appreciate and you. I love you so much. I love you so much. Okay. Bye. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.